Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for October 13th, 2022. In addition to the many cyclical cross currents, the economy has also been hampered in recent years by several structural trends. Weakness in labor force and productivity growth have weighed on the underlying GDP trend and represent ongoing risk factors for the years ahead. This is Brian Kirk, and with me to discuss the long-term drivers of economic growth, beginning with the labor market in our part one of a two-part series, we have Brian Jordan, Deputy Chief Economist, and Ben Ayers, Senior Economist. Hey guys, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Hey, glad to be here. Great, let's start off by looking at some of the recent developments and how they might fit into the bigger picture. Ben, let's start with you. Can you tell us how the labor force was affected by the pandemic and how much of the impact is still noticeable in recent data? Well, the the pandemic has just brought about some amazing changes to the labor force. Some of the biggest drops in participation, some of the biggest impacts on total employment that we've seen by any event in U.S. history. In particular, the composition of the labor force has changed. There's a lot more people that have left the labor force, haven't come back in. And of course, many of us are working from home or not in the office as much. So the way that we work has changed. But really, when I look at the labor force over the course of the pandemic, the biggest theme has been the lack of labor supply and the resulting labor market tightness that that has created. We saw many people left the labor force for various reasons. We had some older workers that retired over the course of the pandemic. Many parents, particularly women, they left work to stay at home with kids that were on remote school. Uh, And then many people just stayed away because of health concerns. They didn't want to go work at a restaurant. They didn't want to work in a grocery store because of the health concerns created by COVID. So a lot of disruption. I think that's the biggest term I would think of. And for whatever the reason, the civilian labor force is just not as big as we would expect it to be given what's happened over the past couple of years. We only recently surpassed the pre-COVID peak for the total size of the labor force. And typically you would think the labor force would have grown by a couple million workers over the past couple of years with people graduating college, people coming back into the labor force. And that just hasn't happened. We're only just now, again, getting to that pre-COVID peak. And in particular, we focus on what we call the labor force participation rate, which is the share of the amount of labor force that's actually working or participating in the labor market. And that's remained stubbornly low and well below the pre-COVID norms. As many of the potential workers that we could see out there, they've just remained on the sidelines. We're about a full percentage point compared to the lower than where we were in the pre-COVID era. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when you average out one percentage point of the entire labor force, that's a lot of people. That's several million workers. And what we've seen is a continuation of this, even with the strong recovery that the economy has had over the past couple of years. And that means that despite some really good job opportunities and really some of the fastest wage growth that we've seen in several decades, many folks still don't want to work right now. And it's one of the main reasons why finding workers has been so hard for many businesses and why we continue to talk about labor market tightness and many of these sectors having trouble finding workers and generally just not seeing the state of balance between supply and demand in the labor force that we would typically see. Tell us more about this near-term pattern you're describing. How does it align with the longer-term trend? Sure. You know, focusing still on the, the labor force participation rate, yet again, we're about a full percentage point lower than where we were in the pre-COVID era, but we're actually much lower than we've been 
in previous decades because there's been a longer-term structural decline in labor force participation over the past 20 years or so. We saw a peak in labor force participation right about the late 90s to early 2000s, and then since then we've gone on a gradual decline as many people are not engaging with the workforce and to the degree that they were before. Particularly, we've seen women leaving the workforce as there's been the conversation about how high childcare costs are and, and how that's incenting many women to stay at home rather than being in the workforce. But also we've seen the participation by men is down as well and a trend that really extends all the way back to the 1950s. The participation rates for men were a lot higher back in the 50s and 60s than they are today. And so even with the downward trend that we've seen because of COVID, really the current participation is below what we expected, even given maybe that extension of that downward trend over the past couple of years. And that's still tied back to those extended pandemic impacts on the labor force, the extended impact we're seeing on many households, the extended concerns about the health, and just the massive disruption that we've seen for many parts of the labor force over the past couple of years. Yeah, Brian, I know you have some insight on this as well. The labor force participation rate has been in a general decline for several years. What do you think is driving that trend? So there are a couple things driving that trend. First, demographics. Demographics is a big driver behind the decline in labor force participation over the last few decades that Ben just described. If we look at the working age population, for example, it was growing at a rate of 11.5% in the 1990s, or grew at a rate of 11.5% in the 1990s, picked up to 12.9% in the 2000s. In the last full decade, in the 2010s, though, it grew by just 4.3%. And this is obviously a function of aging demographics that Ben just discussed and a declining long-term, long-term decline in the fertility rate that has only recently slowed down. At the same time, we also, as, as Ben just mentioned, have seen lifestyle changes that have affected these numbers, not just in the last few years, but the last few decades. Uh, Ben mentioned the female labor force participation rate. It wasn't a long-term increase from the 1950s, 1960s, all the way until 2000. A lot of one-income households decided to become two-income households, and we saw the female labor force participation rate picking up pretty dramatically from just over 33% in the early 1960s to more than 60% in the year 2000. It's since come back down. In the last 20 years, a lot of two-income households have decided to again become one-income households. And obviously, this has been exacerbated by, by the pandemic. So we've got demographics at play here. We also have lifestyle choices. Do you think there's any reason to expect that the labor force participation rate will come back up again and, and stay up there, not go back down again? So for a time, we can expect that the participation rate will pick up for idiosyncratic reasons. We're still recovering from the post-pandemic decline in labor force participation. So we'll continue to see a bounce back from that in the years ahead. But also cyclically, we should see labor force participation at least flatten out, if not rise, as the labor market remains healthy, as long as the labor market remains healthy. So in this long-term decline over the last 20 years or so, we did see a couple of periods where labor force participation actually flattened out and began to rise again, at least for a few years. In the mid-2000s, we saw a little bit of a lift of about half a percentage point when job growth was strong and wage growth was accelerating. And very similarly, in the mid-2010s, 
we saw labor force participation picking up when not coincidentally job growth was strong and, and wage growth was accelerating. Job growth is very healthy now. Wage growth is is very healthy as well. We should see some cyclical lift to labor force participation because of this moving forward. Well, one topic that's attracted a lot of attention in recent years is the great resignation. And I know, Brian, you're a big music fan. You probably would think maybe the theme song we would play here would be the old Johnny Paycheck song, Take This Job and, and Shove It. But we're not going to play that one. But so let's turn back to Ben now. Ben, can you tell us what is the great resignation and how does it relate to the themes we've been discussing? Sure. I mean, this is basically tied to the labor market tightness. That's employees flexing their relative power in the current labor market. You know, many times the balance of power has shifted away from employers and towards employees with so many job openings. We have almost nearly double still as many job openings as unemployed workers. And so because of that, workers are taking those opportunities and looking out there and they're finding promotions. They're finding higher pay and they're leaving their current employers because they're finding better opportunities elsewhere. One measure that we look at this is quit rates, which we get from the Bureau of Labor Statistics every month. And quit rates have been far higher than usual since the start of 2021. Usually this is kind of a later cycle trend where when the labor market tightens up later in an economic expansion, you see those creep higher, but certainly not as early as we saw it as far as the start of 2021 and not nearly to the degree that we have it. And it just really emphasizes the very strong power that employees have in the market right now. And another part of that is work from home. The expanded envelope of employment options for many workers, you know, that you're not restricted to just the jobs that you can commute to and go to in person. Now, suddenly you can live in the Midwest and work for a company that's based in California because work from home has gone from being more kind of a niche thing on the side to being more mainstream. And so yet again, that expanded opportunity for many workers has led them to leave and work from home and take a job with a company they probably would never have considered working for in the past. And it's kind of made the great resignation even stronger than what we would expect, even given the very tight labor market that we have. And yet again, this obviously ties back to the lack of available workers and the, the low participation rate that we have there. And as long as we continue to see employers Having difficulty finding labor, I think that the power is still going to be pointed towards workers, at least in the near term. Is there a risk that the great resignation will become permanent to some degree? Uh, I think parts of it will. I, I do think this is a lot of this is an adjustment period. As I mentioned, a big factor here is work from home. And as the market adjusts to that over time, I don't think we're going to see as nearly much of a spike in workers quitting as, as we've seen over the past couple of years. You know, eventually, I do think we will see greater balance in the labor market. If we do see an economic downturn over the next year, if we see some reduced demand from workers, that's going to shift that balance of power back more towards even or even more towards the employers as opposed to the employees. So I, I, I think it's not going to be a permanent at the level that it is. But certainly, if we do see a more permanent work from home work structure for the workforce, there's going to be a little bit more quits going forward as people are just going to have more opportunities. Yet again, not going to be tied down locationally. There are going to be more broad options for many workers. So I do think the, the concept of more workers quitting than average still could be something that sticks with us more as a medium long term, even though we get past some of the very strong numbers that we have right now. Let's continue to, with this longer term outlook. Brian, we know how much you love data. And you mentioned demographics 
earlier in this podcast. What do the demographic trends suggest for the labor market, labor force, I'm sorry, going forward? Yeah, so I'll throw out a little bit more data. So very much along the lines of the working age population, no coincidence that the population itself has been growing more slowly. We grew at 12.2% in the 90s, 10% in the 2000s, and just 6.9% in the last decade. So again, no coincidence, the population is driving the working age population. These trends are very much entrenched, have been in place for some time, and very much likely to continue for the most part. So the fertility rate has actually picked up a little bit in recent years, but still pretty low relative to history. The fertility rate in the early 1950s through the mid-1960s was over three. It's now less than 1.8. Again, picked up a little bit in the last few years, but still low relative to the long-term average and the long-term trend. And the small pickup in the fertility rate, at least for now, is being offset in terms of the population estimates going forward, is being offset by decline in immigration. And so we can reasonably expect that these trends, the population trend, and as a result, the working age population trend will continue, continue to see a slowdown in these numbers. And so this long-term decline, this long-term pullback in labor force participation is more likely to continue than not. Let's tie this all together then. How does the labor market play a role in the economic growth rate? Yeah, I mean, this is the big question or a big question uh, for this discussion. We've been talking about the labor force. The reason it's so important is because potential GDP, our long-term potential growth rate is a function of the labor force and productivity. If the labor force is growing at 2%, productivity is 2%, we're going to have a long-term potential economic growth rate of 4%. Stronger labor force growth means a stronger potential economic growth rate, a stronger potential GDP growth rate. That means more prosperity. That means more potential for corporate profits, better upside potential for financial markets. More is better, obviously, in this case. And so labor force participation is a very important part of that equation. It's half of the equation. The faster the labor force grows, the faster over time, not necessarily in the moment, not necessarily month to month or even year to year, but decade to decade, the faster the overall economy will grow, the better we'll see the economy perform. Thanks, Brian. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up there for this episode. And to our audience, join us next time as we discuss the other pillar of long-term economic growth, productivity. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified as soon as our next podcast is released. Brian and Ben, thank you so much for your perspectives today. And thank you to our audience for listening. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. 
Nationwide, and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.